Being faithful to what God calls you is to be obedient to the Word of God and being honest and having integrity because the whole thing behind my mind is that God is watching and one day I'm going to have to give an account as an employer and employee to the Lord for my faithfulness. This is so important. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Raul's lesson today continues our series in the highly practical book of 1 Corinthians with instruction on daily faithfulness in your walk with Christ. You know, it's natural to become weary and distracted by the cares of this world, but as Raul leads us through our passage of Scripture, we'll see the necessity of focusing on eternity. We'll come face to face with the reality that one day God will call us to account for all of our words, motives, and actions. Well, let's get started. Here's Raul Reese with part two of our study on the Christian ministry. Look at chapter four, beginning with verses one to six. We're going to be dealing, first of all, with faithfulness. And we're going to be dealing, remember this word, the steward, the steward of the ministry. Verse one of chapter four, Paul says, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. First of all, Paul is beginning to identify himself here as a servant. Now, the word servant is doulos in Greek, which in every one of his letters, he says, Paul, a doulos servant of Jesus Christ. But the word servant here is a little different in the Greek language. Here Paul the Apostle introduces himself in all the body of Jesus Christ as servants and stewards of Jesus Christ. Now when he uses the word servants here, it's literally the word in Greek that speaks of a person of an underroar. In the old uh, first century ships, where the captain would be on top of the ship, and then you would go down to the deck, to the lower deck of the ship, way down at the bottom, and there would be this actual uh, long stick sticking out of, the, out of the ship, where they used for rowing. And down below, below the ship, you had these servants, these servants that were actually in chains, and they were the ones to row the boat. Those are the under rowers that Paul's talking about. We're not on the top, we're on the bottom. That's why Paul says, let a man so consider us as underroars of Christ and house managers of the mysteries of God. And check this out, verse 2. Moreover, it is required, I want you to underline that word. It is required in house managers that one is to be found faithful. Faithful. Not unfaithful. And I'm not talking about money now. How faithful are you to your prayer life? Getting up early in the morning and spending time with God. How faithful are you to your wife, to your children, to your husband? 
How faithful are you to your boss at work? Taking longer lunches. Witnessing on the job. You see? God sees all those things. He said, well, man, I haven't been promoted in a long time. Well, maybe you haven't been promoted because maybe God isn't speaking to your boss because God sees what you do. Taking things from work and stealing things from work. That's not being faithful. Being faithful to what God calls you is to be obedient to the Word of God and being honest and having integrity where people can trust you. I want to be faithful. Because the whole thing behind my mind is that God is watching and one day I'm going to have to give an account as an employer and employee to the Lord for my faithfulness. This is so important. Your faithfulness as a parent to your children, as a husband to your wife, a wife to your husband, taking care of your home, taking care of your children, the husband going out and providing the physical and financial needs of the home. You see? Faithful in the small things. Faithful. No matter where you be. You can be at the bottom or you can be at the top. It doesn't really matter. But God wants us to be faithful to everything that He's given to each one of us individually as stewards of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then He says this in verse 3. He says, But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you. Now, Paul was being judged by everybody. They didn't even know Paul. There are people that they say they know me. I don't know them and they judge me. It doesn't bother me. People will be people. Paul was being judged. And they didn't even know Paul. They were very opinionated about Paul. He says, and even by a human court. In fact, I don't even judge myself. Imagine, how can we judge somebody else when we can't even judge ourselves? It's like Jesus says, when you judge yourself, what do you do? When you're looking at your brother's eye, and he has a 4 by 4 in his eye, he says, why don't you look in the mirror and take the 16 by 20 out of your eye? You see? It's so easy to judge. And the word that he uses in Matthew chapter 7 on the Sermon of to judge there is to be critical in judgment. They don't even know you. They don't even know what you're doing. And yet they got you figured out. Be careful. Because the way you judge, you will be judged. The way you judge, you will be judged. Look what Paul says, verse 4. For I know nothing against myself, yet... I am not justified by this, but he who judges me is the Lord. Now, I can't say that. I know nothing against myself. I cannot say that. Paul could say it. I can't. I know a lot against me. You see? But Paul could say it. He said, I know nothing against myself, yet I am not justifying myself by this, but he who judges me is who? The Lord. The ultimate judgment will come from where? From the throne of God. That's where it will come. That's the most important judgment. Jesus Christ one day is going to judge people. Where? To the child of God. We will be at the Bema seat of Christ. To the non-believer. He will be at the white throne judgment of God. In Revelation chapter 20, 11 through 15. Then look what he says in verse 5. Good advice. 
Therefore, because of all this, I just told you, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the heart. Wow. Hey, there's a lot of us sitting here tonight. I'm standing up here. And when we look around at each other, we really don't know each other. And get what God's going to say. All those deep things in your heart, one day they're going to be revealed. All the things that people never saw in you, they're going to be revealed. When he speaks about the hidden things, he's speaking about the motives. What's your motive when you pray? What's your motive when you give? What's your motive when you witness? What's your motive when you work? What's your motive when you spend? You see? Everything has a motive. And we have to be careful with our motives. Because one day our motives are going to be what? Judge. They are in darkness. But the light will reveal the darkness. And every secret of your heart will be revealed by God. Every thought you ever had will be revealed by God. Then he said this. This is so cool. In verse 5. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will bring both to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Then each one's praise will come from God. You see? The reward will be not from people. The reward will be from who? From God. He's going to give the reward. And if you don't get a reward, it's going to burn in the fire. You will be saved as by the fire. Why? Because salvation is a free gift of God to you. That's what he's talking about. Verse 6, And now, these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. Notice that. What is he talking about? He says, hey, don't get so puffed up that you cause division in the church. Be careful. That you don't think you're something less than everybody else. That causes division in the church. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. It's our joy to support you on your journey with the Lord. Visit us anytime at somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165. After the lesson today, we'll tell you more about a resource with guidance for honoring God in righteousness. But first, here's Raul with the final segment of today's message, The Christian Ministry. Then in verses 7 to 13, the humbleness of the steward and the servant. Notice this. For who makes you defer from another? Or why are you puffed up? And what do you have that you did not receive? You know, how many times you hear people brag and you say, well, who gave it to you? I mean, who gave it to you? Yeah, yeah, you worked and they gave you a paycheck. But who gave your employee the paycheck? Who provides that money? God. Whether Christian or non-Christian. God is the one that takes care of the sparrows. Hey, the sparrows take care of themselves. I watch them on my fig tree. They help themselves all summer long. I decide to get a pellet gun. I'm just kidding you. (laughs) But I mean, they help themselves. They don't have to say, excuse me, can I have some of your figs? No, they just help themselves. Why? Because God created them that way. God says, hey, not one of the spirits will fall to the ground. And He says, they'll help themselves to whatever they want. I provide for them. And if God provides for sparrows, 
and hawks and all these things, how much more will he provide for you and I? But these guys were all puffed up. He says, why are you puffed up? Who do you think you are? Who gave you your millions? Who gave you your house? Who gave you your car? Who gave you your socks? Seriously, who gave you everything? Or what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did indeed receive it, then why do you boast as if you had not received it? Notice that. Anything worth of value has been given to me by God. God is the one that gives me everything. My children, everything, my house, my car, everything the Lord. Everything belongs to God. Nothing belongs to me. That's why Job said, naked I came into the world, naked I leave. You don't see people when they die and there's another car behind them carrying all their stuff to the funeral parlor. There's no way. When you die, can you imagine to take everything you have to heaven? Some of you would never leave here. Some of you have your garages just jam-packed. Verse 8. You already are full, he says. You already are rich. They were boasting. Oh yeah, so now you're full. Now you're rich. Notice, you reign with kings without us. And indeed, I could wish you did reign, that you also might reign with you. Yeah, you know, you're pretty good. You know, we're nothing, but you're pretty good. For I think that God has displayed us. And now Paul begins to describe the ministry. Watch what he says. For I think that God has displayed us, the apostles, last As men condemned to death. People hate us, he says. They want to kill us. Last of men condemned to death. For we have been made, notice, a spectacle to the world. Notice what he says. A spectacle. Imagine that. And that's so sad. Because that's what the ministry is all about. To the world, both to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are dishonored. Notice that. To the present hour, we both hunger and are thirsty, and we are poorly clothed and beaten and homeless, and we labor, and we're just working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless, being persecuted, we endure, being defamed, we entreat, we have been made as the filth of the world, the offscoring of all things, even until now. Poor Paul. That's what people would say. And Paul says, no, no, that is so cool. Paul had to work making tents to get his money. Thank God that today, because of society has changed, that a lot of the pastors can actually take a salary. But I can remember for the first six years of ministry, where we had nothing, we, I was hitchhiking to church. We only had one car, a van, a hippie van. And my wife drove that. I used to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, get out on the highway and hitchhike to church to get there for the services because we couldn't afford it. We were taking no salary from the church. I was in my kung fu business. I was doing a lot of money. And then God totally humbled me and took everything away from me where people literally were bringing to our home and our doorstep, bringing groceries to our doorstep. Can you believe that? And I thought, man, what a humiliating thing to be in the ministry. But you know what God was teaching me? Teaching me, 
Not only to be a good steward, he was teaching me that God leads, God provides. My wife was praying with our third child, and at that time you could have a baby for $800, not today. And we had paid $400 on, we didn't have other $400. And so we decided to pray. My wife said, you know what, let's just pray. So we prayed. And the next day we went out to the mailbox, and there was an envelope there with $400 cash. We didn't tell nobody. And God provided And that's the way it's always been. Because we really believe that where God leads, God provides. And if God's not providing and not leading, then why should you have a program? You see? I think Paul teaches us some really incredible lessons here about the ministry. Because so many times you see people in the ministry, and you know, you see them with $500, $800 suits, nice pair of shoes, you know, all these jewelry and stuff like that. And at the same time, here are people that don't have anything, and yet they're living off the people and living off the ministry way high up there. And yet, what happens? That's hypocritical. Paul says, We were poor, we didn't have anything, we were beaten, we were hated. So sad. The ministry has changed today so many ways in so many places. I think we need to remember our stewardship with Jesus Christ and what God has given to each one of us individually so that God can continue to bless our lives completely and fully. Look what else he says now in verse 14 to 21. The tenderness of a father. He says, I do not write these things to shame you. I'm not trying to embarrass you. But as my beloved children, I am warning you. Notice that, I'm warning you. Because it's not the way people say it. This is the real way it is. Paul is sharing his heart with the people. He's talking in reference to the people that cause divisions. I'm warning you because these people are troublemakers. And they're always defaming and always talking against us. And they don't know that we are true apostles. And that we're in the ministry not for money, but to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look what he says in 15. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. And that's the way I feel about you. Because we love you and we care about you. I don't do this because of the money. It's because I have a call in my life. And we want to feed you the word of God and we care about you. Even though there are thousands of people that come to Calvary Chapel, we don't know everybody by name. But believe it or not, we pray for you every day. We pray for you. We pray for this church. Because we feel that God has not only given you to us, and we want to take that responsibility, and we want to take that opportunity, that as you're coming here, we want you to be the best well-fed people in the whole world. So you can receive the word of God. And you can grow, and you can develop yourself in the Lord. So you can help others concerning their problems and situations as God ministers to your own hearts. And Paul says, you guys, I love you like a father. And you're like my children. You might have had 10,000 instructors, but let me tell you something. I love you so much like a father, and you are my children. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. Why? Because I'm imitating Jesus Christ. Mimic me. For this reason... I have sent Timothy to you. And Timothy was his best disciple that Paul ever had. Young Timothy. 
He says, to you who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord. And you know what? It is so hard to find good Timothys today. It's sad because so many times people have a different picture of the ministry. And people sometimes want to go in the ministry for fame or reputation or they want something from the ministry. And sometimes you can see a young Timothy come into the ministry and they come in excited to do the work of the Lord and somehow they lose that fire in their hearts. And it's not something that you learn in one day. It's taken me 30 years and I'm still learning about the ministry. It's not a career. It's a call. A call and the anointing of God when He calls you to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not trusting in the people, not trusting in finances, but trusting in the Lord. That God is the one that supplies our needs. God is the one that wants to work in us and through us. Look what else he says. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Jesus Christ as I teach everywhere and in every church. That's why so many times Dale and different people come up here and we like to inform you whatever we're doing. Why? Because we want you to know that God is not only using us here, but He's using us everywhere. And I think it's really important because we're living in a perfect time right now where the gospel not only needs to be preached, But we're representing the Lord Jesus Christ. And and when I leave here, wherever I go, you are always on my heart. I don't just get up and leave and say, well, see you guys later, I'll be back. I don't don't do that. When I'm on that plane, I'm looking out that window. Different faces come to my mind. And I begin to pray for people. And it's always so good to come home. Because this is my home. You're my brothers and my sisters. You're my family. Every day you are in our hearts. Verse 18. Now some of you are puffed up. As though I were not coming to you. They were making fun of Paul. You're not going to come. But I will come to you shortly. And here it is. If the Lord wills, I will know. Notice Paul lived according to the will of God. And we should do the same. Always, always, if the Lord wills. And if not, then it's not God's will. It is so neat to see the Lord working. Why? Because if it's the Lord's will, it's in the hands of the Lord. If the Lord doesn't, fine. If not, that's okay. And so it's kind of neat how God leads and how God provides. And here's Paul again saying it. Hey, but if I come to you guys, it will be the Lord's will. If the Lord wills, I will know not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power. The power of what? The power of God. It doesn't matter what people say. It's the power of God. Why? For the kingdom of God is not in word, but how? In power. Underline that. In power is the power of the word of God. And then he says this. What do you want? Shall I come to you? With a rod to correct you, or in love and a spirit of gentleness. Hey, how do you want me to come to you? And of course, Paul always came what? With love, correcting people. We hope today's lesson will spur you on in kingdom building ministry. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. 
If you'd like to get a personal copy of today's program with much more content, we'll send it to you for a donation of $5 or more. Just call us at 800-634-9165. When you contact us, just mention the title, The Christian Ministry. Now, as you think about how you can faithfully serve the Lord within your sphere of influence, we'd like to equip you with Rawls' motivational CD pack titled, Walking Righteously. It's a four-message series that will fill you with greater confidence as you learn to follow the Holy Spirit's direction and act in humble submission to His will. If you'd like to be used by the Lord in eternal ways, get in touch with us today to purchase Rawls' audio pack titled, Walking Righteously. To order, visit us online at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. And we'll send you this four-message collection for a gift of $19 or more. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We'd also like to mention several free resources that you can use. Download our app to your iPhone or Android and gain instant access to digital Bible studies, a scripture reading plan, and much more. You can also catch Rawls' teachings as podcasts. All of these programs can be downloaded using iTunes or Spotify. And be sure to join Rawl every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time for Straight Talk, a Q&A program with Bible-based wisdom for a godly life. Thank you for partnering with us. Your donations are a blessing, and every gift you give is tax-deductible. We hope you'll make plans to join us again next time for our continuing study of 1 Corinthians. As we think about God's firm stance against willful rebellion in the lives of His followers, we'll see that while the Lord is merciful, we should never presume on His grace. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.